The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What is up, TFA fam? Welcome into the first glance at week two waivers. We have the majority of football in the books, so we just want to take a quick look ahead. There's going to be more information that comes out. We're going to have a streamer video that's going to be coming out later this week as well. So I know specifically for me for tight end, like there was, there's still a lot of information that I want to see come out with routes run and snaps and that sort of thing. But uh Let's just go ahead and dive right into the nitty-gritty, Kev. Uh, lead us off with quarterbacks. Who are you looking at for week two? Yeah, uh, for me, it's pretty simple. Um, listen, let's talk about Jameis Winston. I mean, what are the ugliest numbers that you could see? Like, if you would have <laughs> told me that Jameis Winston was going to throw for four, uh, you know, have complete 14 of 20 passes for 148 yards – but throw for th- five touchdowns, I wouldn't believe you one bit. Not a chance. So <laughs> uh, he also had six carries for 37 yards. So Jameis, you know, all those workouts where he's out there running around, you know, seems like they're coming in handy. But he finished with 39 fantasy points, QB2 on the week so far. Um, you know, n- this next week they play the Panthers, uh, which allowed 22 fantasy points to Zach Wilson, who Zach Wilson in the first half looked absolutely lost and terrible, but yeah. bounced back in the second half. So I do like Jameis in this, in this upcoming matchup against the Panthers. And then you have Ben Roethlisberger, who's going to be facing off against the Raiders. The Raiders have not played. They play tomorrow night. Now, the Steelers' offense also in the first half looked terrible. Completed 18 of 32 for 188 yards and a touchdown. Listen, the Raiders uh, allowed the seventh most passing yards last season, and also as well as the top eight in touchdowns allowed at 26 in pass DVOA. We'll see how they look tomorrow night. But I think this this Raider or the, excuse me, this Steeler. Uh, offense uh, will get more on track in this and uh, in the, in the, you know next week against the Raiders. Much better matchup than playing the Bills. So I do like Ben Roethlisberger if he's sitting out there. Uh, Kirk Cousins going up against the Cardinals. Now the Cardinals defense did look really good today against the, uh, against the Titans, but I feel like that was more just the Titans offense looking terrible and out of sync the entire yeah. day than it did the Cardinals off our defense. Something that we should really be afraid of moving forward. Kirk Cousins today against the Bengals completed thirty six of forty nine for two touchdowns which was good enough for 26 fantasy points this week. So I do like Kirk Cousins in another game that they're, that's likely going to be high scoring. They're going to have to throw the football. And so I like Kirk Cousins. Uh, Mac Jones, if he's out there, rostered in 22% of leagues. Didn't do too bad today for you know his rookie debut against a really good defense. Uh, good. 39 for 281 yards and a touchdown. Again, they play the Jets this week again. You know, Sam Darnold kind of lit them up a little bit. Start, really slow start, but really got going there in the second half as well. So I like Mac Jones. And then Teddy Bridgewater versus the Jaguars. I mean, my goodness, the Jaguars looked lost and absolutely yeah. terrible. Made the Texans look like just this elite-level offense. I mean, Tyrod Taylor coming out of nowhere, throwing for 291 yards. MVP. Yeah, I mean, my goodness. 
And it's funny because the Jaguars now are leading the division after week one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, something I did not see coming. But, you know, hey, it's, it's so is life. But this Jaguar defense looks terrible. So I do like Teddy Bridgewater if you're absolutely desperate. Only roster in 4% of leagues. Uh, we, we, we will talk about Jerry Judy when we get there because, uh, you know, hashtag pour one out for him because it sounds like yeah. he's going to be out at least 8 to 10 weeks. Yeah, I mean, that was that was pretty uh, pretty cruddy to see. Sorry, I was looking uh, – I was trying to look up how many times Tyrod Taylor has thrown for more than 250 yards, and it is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 – Ten times in his career, he <laughs> he has put up those kind of numbers. Uh, so, would not be expecting that much more. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, I don't really see any comments in the chat that we have to get to right now. So, let's go ahead and move on to the running back waivers for the week. I think that uh, Elijah Mitchell is going to be the number one ad with what he did. <clears throat> Russell in less than ten percent of leagues on Yahoo. Uh, 1% on ESPN today against Detroit went 19 to 104 and one. We got the news at what 1130, <clears throat> excuse me, that Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch. Raheem Mostert doing Raheem Mostert things and going down injured in the first quarter. There was no other uh, running back on the team with more than two carries either. So until we find out for sure what happened with Mostert, could he, could that have been like a, you know, a, a team violation thing, and, you know, they just sat him, and then, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if next week this is Sermon who's going off. But as of right now, it looks like Elijah Mitchell is at least going to have some sort of role, uh, w- whether that ends up being what he had this week or, you know I mean, splitting some carries with Trey Sermon. But he looked good. The thing that is exciting for me as well for Elijah Mitchell, we talked about him as a sleeper, as a deep sleeper during the offseason, but whenever we talked about him, we were talking about him as like, oh, you know, we could see him getting the the third down roll. I don't think he was even targeted in this game. Uh, you know, obviously with them leading, didn't really need to lean on the pass too much. But that's exciting for me that he has some room for growth, that he could be involved more as a pass catcher as well. So Elijah Mitchell, I think, is going to be the top waiver ad this week. I have him as a must add along with Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, looking at him. We were expecting Boston Scott to be involved. I'm not sure if he registered an opportunity at all. I don't know what kind of snaps he saw, but Gainwell was a guy who uh, who mixed in. I think he had about like nine carries, I want to say. Uh, a couple of targets as well, found the end zone. So Gainwell is someone who I think has to be added that that Eagles offense looked good. Jalen Hurts looked good. And you know they're, they're, they're going to mix in guys outside of Miles Sanders as well. The other guy for me might not be available in your 12-team leagues, but 10-team and, and fewer. Maybe he's hanging out there in a 12-team league, but I, I wouldn't count on it too much. But that's James White. Seeing what he did with the amount of targets he got, had a couple of catches. Obviously, the first and second down work is going to Damian Harris. I think he had 23 carries today. But in full PPR leagues, James White is a guy who I'm absolutely going to be adding. Like, uh, Kevin, you're talking about Mac Jones. He looked good. So I think James White is an ad. Then some secondary ads you can look here to like guys who are, are interesting depending on your your bench depth, your league size. But Larry Roundtree seems like he is the favorite for touches behind Austin Eckler. Another guy that we saw the healthy scratch with was Joshua Kelly. Justin Jackson was involved a little bit, but Larry Roundtree outtouched him by a by a decent margin. <laughs> Mark Ingram. 
coming out and getting 20 plus catch uh 20 plus carries rather you know like like we all saw coming now i will say this one it, i'm only doing this if i'm desperate for running back in deep leagues i'm not adding him in in 10 team or 18 leagues because we also can't trust that the the texans are going to have double digit leads going forward but uh he was the guy i think the next closest was philip Lindsay, and he had eight carries after that carlos hyde got mixed in he had more carries than uh than james robinson did but again that everything just went sideways for them i wouldn't really look at this week as indicative of what they're gonna what they're gonna do going forward james robinson did have I think the same amount of opportunities, but a lot of his came via targets, which is what we want anyway. So, again, if you're desperate, Ingram, Carlos Hyde, I guess, can be in there if you're you know, in 12, 14-team leagues, something like that. David Johnson, probably not going to be widely available, but he does look like he has that PPR uh, back locked up, kind of what, what they said they were going to do and kind of have him be that, that third down option. So he's someone who you can look at. Tony Jones Jr., I, I debated on putting him in the must-add, but the thing that kind of worried me there is obviously with the uh, with the Saints just waxing the Packers. He only had 11 carries, and obviously they were in command of that game the entire time. So I, I think he's on that must-add, secondary add kind of fringe there. And then just some stash, stashes for you. Uh, Cordero Patterson uh, is alive, I guess, but again, game script. I'm not sure how much we can count on that going forward, but he did have a handful of carries, handful of targets. Uh, Savon Ahmed, if you have the bench space, looks like he's going to be the guy to own. If anything happens to Gaskin, he was the one getting the carries and also getting mixed in as a pass catcher. And then Jeremy McNichols getting mixed in with, uh, with Derek Henry, with them not being able to do much offensively at all. McNichols got a handful of carries and uh, also had a handful of targets. So that that one again, I I'm not sure what to do with uh, with that Titans offense just in just in general because that, that was just a I don't think anyone saw them struggling that much. And Kev, like you said, it's not like we were looking at that defense like, hey, this is where the uh, the studs are. So uh, we have a comment here from Derek Lincoln saying, grab. Tim Patrick, and I think that is a uh, a nice segue here, Kev. Who you got for receivers this week, for week two, rather? Yeah, so I, I don't think there's any, like, must-add. Like, you have to go out and, like, go out of your way to grab anybody because the players that kind of went off, I think, on most weeks are, are guys that I think – at least I want to see more from, but I think they start things off. I think there is one guy I think that you could probably look at, at least as like a wide receiver four, wide receiver five, and that's Sterling Shepard, who who today, you know, went out seven receptions on nine targets, 113 yards and a touchdown, 24.3 PPR points. He did lead all pass catchers and targets, and he had a 24% target share, only rostered in 39% of leagues. Sterling Shepard continues to be kind of that uh, safety valve uh, you know, that especially with Evan Ingram out today, I think that really opened things up for him more in the slot. He, you know, played primarily in the slot. And so I like Sterling Shepard. Again, he's never a sexy name. He's never a guy that I think he's not going to be like some wide receiver one. But I think he can have some, you know, on certain weeks where he's going to be, a, you know, a decent flex option. And I think so Sterling Shepard should be rostered in more leagues, especially in PPR formats. Um, you know, the Giants offense today looked terrible, lost, anemic. And this was the only bright spot of that offense really today was Sterling Shepard. You know, Evan Ingram should be back. They do play Thursday night against uh, against Washington. So they have a really quick turnaround. So we'll have to see what happens there. But Sterling Shepard at least should be mentioned. Um, 
The next guy for me is Christian Kirk, which, you know, we all wrote him off for dead. And he comes out today yeah. and goes five, five receptions, 70 yards and two touchdowns, 24 PPR points as well. Um, he did tie, uh, he was tied with Rondell Moore with third most targets and he played 54% of the snaps, which is, uh, well more than what Rondell Moore played. Uh, but he's only roster in 3% of leagues, but listen, I don't think this is for Christian Kirk. I don't know if you're going to be able to trust him on a week to week basis. I don't know if you're going to be able to look at Christian Kirk and be able to and say, man, I want to play him every single week, but I do think he's at least a bench stash. Somebody you should be looking at because I think, you know, with this offense, how high powered it is. I mean, AJ Green actually had more targets than him today. He had six targets, but only uh, hauled in two of them, I think for 20 yards. So, so um, I do think Christian Kirk uh, is at least uh, worth a, a bench spot in 12-team leagues or more. And then the, the other guy I want to talk about really quickly is Jalen Rager. You know, hey, uh, he's only rostered in 21% of leagues, but he had six receptions on six targets for 49 yards and a touchdown for 16.9 fantasy points. He was second in targets, trailing only Devontae Smith this week in a game that really in the second half, I mean, the Eagles really just kind of put away. They didn't have to really open up the offense as much in the second half as they did in the first half. You know, the, the Falcons looked terrible, as I think most people expected. So, you know, Jalen Rager, at the very least, having a little bit of a renaissance in the second half, of you know, or in the second year of his career. Hopefully, this is a sign of things to come for Jalen Rager because he was a guy that we absolutely loved last year. And then some other guys I think you should at least be looking at. I just talked about Rondell Moore. He also had five targets, five receptions for 68 yards, which was uh, – and he's rostered 27% of leagues. But I think he is somebody that definitely should be rostered in more leagues. I think he can have some appeal on a week-to-week basis. Terrace Marshall didn't have really a big game whatsoever. Um but he did have – he hauled in three of six targets for 26 yards, but he was he finished second in targets uh, among the pass catchers behind DJ Moore. Shocker, I believe we talked about that this morning. I believe that's exactly what I said. Now, Robbie Anderson did catch the long 57-yard uh, touchdown, which you know made him more valuable. But if he's going to continue to see this kind of target share on a week-to-week basis, I do think he he becomes uh, – enters that flex option, uh, I, I think, moving forward for Terrace Marshall. Now, the next uh, – Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers. Now, I want to talk about Jacoby Myers because he's right there on the borderline. He's rostered in like 60% of league. That's kind of our cutoff. But Nelson Aguilar went five for 72 and one against the Dolphins. And I will mention Mac Jones did spread the ball around. Seven different pass catchers uh, received a target uh, this week. But Myers also went six for 44 on nine targets as well. Get a, uh, get a much better matchup next, next week, which we talked about. So Nelson Aguilar, you know, once again, just like last year, kind of coming out of, uh, you know, uh, still has some – viability i guess but also it was good to see jacoby myers with the nine targets that he received today as well so i think big things are coming for jacoby myers and again you know i with the matchup they were getting against xavier or against uh, xavier howard and byron jones like i I think that you know he played well enough in in terms of how he played and then also as well as nelson aguilar so i was impressed with mac jones today so that is that Devontae Parker is only rostered in 39% of leagues. I was kind of surprised by that. I figured he'd be uh, rostered more. But he did haul in four receptions on seven targets for 81 yards. Now, it should be mentioned, Will Fuller is going to be back next week. And Jalen Waddell, shout out to him. I mean, he played really well today as well. And so, uh, you know, I I think we should at least be encouraged by what we saw from him. But with Will Fuller back, like, I don't know how much you're going to be able to trust Devontae Parker on a week-to-week basis. So, for me, he's more of a wide receiver five, I think. Uh, on most teams, wide receiver five, wide receiver six. Like, I think he's decent. But with those other guys back and Mike Kosicki and, uh, you know, Miles Gaskin, I just don't know how much you're going to be able to trust him. Now, the, the other guy I think we should really talk about is Tim Patrick, which was already in the comments. And I absolutely agree. Even if you look back into last year, Tim Patrick on that terrible offense they had last year, he averaged almost 11 fantasy points per game. 
51 receptions uh, for 742 yards and six receiving touchdowns last year. Now in this week, he hauled in all four passes for 39 yards and a touchdown, which I believe is kind of kind of making one of the, the more uh, top waiver ads this week. Now it should be mentioned that we're talking, we're still talking about a Broncos offense that really wants to run the ball and, and not really open the ball, open up and have to pass the ball too much. But I think with this matchup they have coming up, I, and I think on a weekly basis, Tim Patrick can kind of be looked at a little bit in the flex option. Now, K.J. Hamler is a guy that I have is not really a priority ad, but somebody that I think we should be talking about because he was targeted four times for three receptions, 41 yards. Uh, while I don't think he's a great fit for what Teddy Bridgewater brings to the table, I think he did outplay Cortland Sutton today. And with Jerry Judy being out for six to eight weeks, I mean, I, I think that Patrick makes for a pretty solid ad moving forward. Zach Pascal, like this guy never dies. I feel like he's there every year, just just a thorn in everybody's side. He's never somebody you ever yep. really want to play or you really want to do anything with, but he's always there. Five targets today for four receptions for 43 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Was the most targeted wide receiver. Pittman was targeted four times. Campbell was targeted three times. But I do think uh, Paris Campbell, I think moving forward, listen, I think that offense looked really bad today uh, overall. And I think a lot of it's just the fact that Carson Wentz missed so much time. And I think that's kind of the theme of this week. I mean, look at the look at the Packers. I mean, so many of these yeah. offenses just look stagnant. And I think a lot of it is the fact that these, all these teams rested their starters. And, and so they, they got no opportunity to really play against other, other teams. And I think a lot of these teams just looked off. I mean, the Packers looked – I mean, Aaron Rodgers from MVP last year looks like he shouldn't be playing in, in the league anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, these all these teams are going to bounce back and these things are going to get corrected. But so kind of like we talked about, there's got to be some bad performances and like Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman. I know people are going to be worried about that as well. I would I would hold and wait and see kind of, kind of how this thing plays out a little bit. But Zach Pascal, I think in like 14, 16-team leagues, I think people should take a look. Quinton Cephas targeted seven times, three receptions for 12 yards, one touchdown. Very hard to trust, and I. but he did make a really nice grab in the end zone. So, again, deeper league guy. Anthony Swartz, OBJ was ruled yeah. out at like 2 or 3 o'clock. Um, target, he was targeted five times, hauled in three passes for 69 yards, one rush attempt for 17 yards. I don't think he's somebody you're going to be able to trust me for, but I definitely think he's somebody that we should be monitoring. I thought Donovan Peoples-Jones was actually going to be the guy with all the buzz that he got, but really didn't happen. But so with Anthony Schwartz, like I, OBJ should be back next week. I, I do believe that. But Anthony Schwartz, really speedster coming out of Auburn last year, kind of was somebody that a lot of people liked. But I believe he was drafted, what, in the third round, I believe, by the uh, by the Browns. So he's certainly a name to monitor. And then you have uh, Van Jefferson, two catches, three targets, 80 yards, and a touchdown already. And But, again, I don't think he's somebody that people in 12-team league should be looking at. Yeah, and then Derek also uh, likes Van Jefferson. Uh, obviously, Stafford's having himself a game in uh, in the in the Sunday night football game. And then let's let's just move over to tight end real quickly and close this out. Um, <laughs> in terms of waivers, uh, we'll we'll get into more detail on the streaming show with this. Like I said, there's still a lot of information that I, I want to see specifically with the the tight ends. But Jared Cook, third in targets on this team, had eight targets. That was only behind um, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So I think Jared Cook is someone you can go look at. We had heard that it was going to be more of a rotation at tight end. But I think uh, Donald Parham was the only other one who got a a target in this game. And I think he had one. So it looks like Cook, at least for right now, is going to be the guy. Uh, Cole Komet playing right now. Last I looked, he had two targets, I think two catches for uh, for 20 yards. So I think he can be uh, someone that we're looking at. 
And someone I'm paying attention to, I'm not going to add him right now. There's just too many variables. Uh, you know, they, they're rotating in two other tight ends as well. They obviously paid Austin Hooper just last year. But if David Njoku can be a thing, he was one of my favorite tight ends coming out of that class with O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram. But he just, for whatever reason, hasn't really caught on. He was tied with Schwartz and Jarvis Landry for targets in this game with five. I think Hooper had three, and then uh, Bryant had one, I believe. But, you know, Odell out in a game where they were being forced to, to throw a little bit. So I, I'm going to be paying attention to this one, but not necessarily somebody I think you have to absolutely go out and add. And like I said, whenever it comes time for the uh, for the for the for the streamers, we'll have more information than like I said with routes run and snaps and and that sort of thing. So, listen, uh, Will Disley had more targets than Gerald Everett. Suck an egg, Walido. I, I mean, will, I, I will say I think there's like so Juwan Johnson. I think he did have the two touchdowns, but. Troutman had six targets and led the team. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. But, I mean, while he was heavily used in the red zone, I do think Adam Troutman, which was good to see, I think, for Troutman, right, the six targets that he did see. I mean, you're talking about a team that only threw the ball 20 times, and he saw six targets. And, and, you know, there was all the preseason talk, oh, well, he's dead, because he never got a a target in the preseason. So I do think that – and Gerald Everett as well. I mean, I think he's going to be a a problem inside the red zone for them in a team that I don't think they really had to start throwing in the second half either. Um, because of the lead that they had, and they were able to kind of coast in the second half. But, uh, you know, I will say overall, like I said, like there was a lot of really bad performances from teams, and I think that we all expect to be much better. I mean, I mean, the Packers is, is probably the poster child for that. I mean, the entire offense was, was just ter- was terrible. Aaron Jones was awful. Aaron Rodgers was awful. Devontae Adams was okay at best, you know. And so I, I do think moving forward, I, I, I wouldn't – there's no reason to over – there's no reason to over, over – uh, react there you go overreact to this one okay and so i think it is what it is at this point and you know i I don't think we we actually have a ton of like just like slam the table you gotta add this guy type type ads but i think there's at least some decent options yeah it's definitely some some uh decent options but especially whenever whenever it comes to tight end i mean you're looking at the cowboys schultz had six targets jarwin had four we already talked about seattle Today, uh, Conklin had four targets, but that's going to be a low passing offense. Um, Herndon had two targets, didn't have any catches. And then Jonu and Henry. Jonu had five. Henry had three. So, I, I mean, tight end is, is just kind of, you know, it's, there's way too much going on right now to parse through. <clears throat> we do have a question here from Fantasy Fitball. Gronk is a free agent in my league. Would you pick him up over the, uh, over the tight ends we had listed up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you feel much more comfortable with with Gronk. I, I, I will I say, go ahead. You're probably gonna say what I was gonna say. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that. Uh, I think this offense is just gonna be back and forth a lot of times. Something we talked about on the Sunday show with you know Evans being left out for dead, but there's absolutely gonna be games where Gronk goes two four thirteen, and it's a Mike Evans week, and like I think it's gonna be back and forth, and not something that you can count on. I do like Jared Cook as a waiver ad as far as tight ends go, but we'll definitely have some uh, definitely have some some more options and some more more information for you for the streamer show. We'll talk about quarterback again, tight end, defense, and uh, 
Seems like you guys love the kicker information, so we're going to throw some some kicker streams in there as well. Woo! <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Exciting about kickers. Did David Montgomery just leave the leave the field hurt? He was holding his wrist when he left. Yeah, he's getting his wrist checked out on the sideline. Uh, well, like I guess uh, I can't start the show over. Damien Williams. <laughs> Damien Williams. <laughs> oh, Justin Fields is in. Let's go. And we, we, we will have uh, some updates, obviously, if anything crazy happens between, you know, the, the rest of the game tonight. Like if, you know, Montgomery is going to be out for an extended period of time with a wrist injury or whatever. Um, and then obviously through Monday night as well. I will say I did see that apparently um, Josh Jacobs has been downgraded to doubtful tomorrow. So if, if you were playing him for whatever reason, uh, hurry up, run out and pick up Kenyon Drake and, uh, and get him in the lineup instead. Any parting words, Kev? Don't overreact. It's just week one. There's no reason to care too much one way or the other. Okay. There's going to there, it's just one week. And I think it's going to take probably two or three weeks for these offenses to really start hitting on all cylinders and for us to really figure out what's happening. So, like I said, I mean, I think Elijah Mitchell does make some sense to add, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit if all of a sudden next week it's it's uh, Trey Sermon all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, like I, there's just not enough information here. I do think uh, Elijah Mitchell's worth an add, but he's he's like the guy to add, right? right? To me, like other than that, I think all these other guys don't go out and use the number one waiver priority on any of these dudes. Don't go out and blow heavy fab budget on any of these guys. I think most of them, you're like you're talking like two to five percent is what you should be doing, right? Okay. And so that that's what I'm at. Uh, Jay, how are we feeling about Van Jefferson? We just we just hit on him. I just, I think he's okay for like a, a, a stash. I don't think he's a weekly guy. But with as uh, much of this offense is going to be throwing the ball, I do think Van Jefferson makes some sense to add, and maybe even some twelve team league, depending on if you have the bench size. Now, if you have like a five man bench, I'm probably not adding him unless you just don't have anything else. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. On this last one, Derek. Um... Tevin Coleman led them and carries, I think, Ty Johnson and Michael Carter both have, what, one target, I think. I think they both had four carries. We are both team Ty Johnson and Michael Carter later in the season. I don't think there are anybody that you have to pick up and stash right now. I think that that offense is going to have some hiccups and growing pains like uh, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, how they struggled out the gate. If you need, I wouldn't even feel comfortable starting Tevin Coleman. Honestly, that it's going to be gross. But as of right now, he looks like he's going to be the guy. At least that you know, if you're looking for a two-down back, I don't think he registered a target today, so he's not going to have much PPR appeal and PPR upside. But if you want to stash one of these guys, it's either Ty Johnson or Michael Carter. Um, but as of right now, obviously, I didn't mention any of those guys when I was talking about the waiver ads. It's, it's just, just a. We still need to see more from that Jess Jess off, offense in general, and it's going to be a three headed monster and just a three headed headache, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Brian Hill joining us, hitting us up on Twitter as well next week for San Fran backfield. Who'd you trust, if any? It looks like Elijah Mitchell, but it would also not surprise me if. Uh, if that ends up being Sermon either. So to, to say trust, I, I couldn't trust any of those guys, but I, I do think Elijah Mitchell is going to be the waiver ad, so I would roll with him unless we hear something else. So 
Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be going live again on Wednesday. We're going to have a bunch of content coming out in the meantime as well. So make sure you're subscribed. Keep it locked in here and follow us over on the podcast feed as well. Any questions, leave them here. Jump into the Discord and we'll talk to you all soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.